Hey, what's going on, everyone? We are so glad you're choosing to take time out of your day to listen to our sermons. Our prayer for you is that these messages would not replace your belonging to a local church, but would only be supplemental in your walk with Jesus. With that being said, we love you, and we hope you enjoy the message today. You may be seated. Amen, amen. Will you guys help me thank the worship team for leading us this morning? We love you guys. Thank you all so much. Good morning. Welcome to South Valley. My name is Ricky. The tomb is empty. Death is defeated. He is risen. He is risen indeed. I am so grateful to see each and every one of you here with us on this Resurrection Sunday. I'm going to pray and we're going to jump straight into it today. So if you guys got Bibles, go ahead and pull those out. We're going to be in the book of Revelation today, Revelation chapter 1. So go ahead and turn your Bibles there. I'm going to pray and we'll jump into this thing. Will you guys pray with me? Father God, I thank you so much for an amazing morning so far. I thank you for our worship team. I thank you, God, for our volunteers, our greeters, our parking lot crew, our ushers, everybody who makes this happen. I thank you just for this church, the impact that this church has had in Lemoore and beyond. And God, we just lift up this day to you. We celebrate your son. He went to the cross for us. He rose from the grave for us. He secured our salvation. We want to honor and praise him with all that we have this morning. We love you, Jesus. Jesus, we pray these things in your name. And all God's people said, amen. amen, amen. Okay, so over the past week, we've been celebrating something here called Holy Week. And Holy Week traces Jesus' step-by-step journey to the cross, all the ups and downs that Jesus faced along the way. We talked about Palm Sunday last week. The crowds lay down palm branches. They receive Jesus as king. But five days later, the shouts of Hosanna are replaced with the words, crucify him. Now this last week of Jesus's life, Holy Week, is such a significant week and time in Jesus's life and ministry that taken together one-third of the Gospels is dedicated to this one week. What we discovered about Holy Week was that the crowds wanted a sword-bearing king, but what they got was a cross-bearing servant. The crowds we read about in Holy Week, they wanted a public demonstration of power, but instead they got a Messiah who was publicly humiliated on a cross. They wanted a king astride a white horse, but instead they got a donkey. We talked last week about donkeys are strange creatures, right? Jesus came on a donkey. They wanted a white horse, not a donkey. They wanted a crown, but instead they got a crown of thorns. Now on the surface, it appeared that Jesus was a weak and powerless Savior. And let's just be real for a moment. Nobody wants to follow a weak leader. If you're going to pledge your allegiance to something, If you're going to pledge your life to something, then whatever that thing is that you're pledging yourself to, it better be powerful. It better be worth you giving your entire life to. Now, one of my favorite things about living here in Lemoore is that we are in a military town. Can we give it up for our military men and women? Yes. Love you guys. Thank you all so much. 
So I love being in a military town. A few weeks ago, I visited Lemoore NAS for the first time, and I got to visit. I got to watch the F-35 demo team get ready for a show. It was awesome. So I brought my my son John. My my son John is six years old. I'm like, hey, you want to go see some some planes fly, like some jets fly? He's like, yeah, Dad, I want to go. So we pack things up. We go over there. We're watching. We're hanging out. John that day, he was concerned about two things. Number one is he wanted to know how fast these things could fly. Like, I just want to see them fly really fast. The other thing he was concerned about, how many weapons do they have? (laughs) Dad, can we see them fly fast? And then can we also see them blow something up? And I'm thinking to myself, Johnny, like, you don't want to drop bombs on that, you know, the naval air. That's not a good thing. We don't drop bombs on our hometown. But, he's all, but can they, like, maybe, like, just shoot at the ground for me or something? Like, I, so it was awesome. He got to see them fly fast. He got to see some really cool things. Those jets are incredible. It's amazing what they can do in the air. And then Johnny had to learn, like, hey, we don't, we don't, we don't bomb our own hometown. But the crowds, when they thought about the Messiah— When they saw Jesus entering in on Palm Sunday, they wanted a king who was going to move fast and blow things up. That's what they wanted. They wanted a king to overthrow the Roman Empire, somebody to set them up as a sovereign nation. They believed their greatest need was freedom from Rome. And here's the thing, Jesus actually did blow everything up, but not in the way that they expected You see, Jesus came to defeat an even greater power than the Roman Empire. Jesus came to defeat the powers of Satan, sin, and the grave. And the weapon he used to defeat them was a cross. And at the cross, Jesus delivered a fatal blow to the powers of darkness. And he proved his victory over darkness by raising From the dead. Death couldn't hold him, soldiers couldn't guard him, and Satan couldn't enslave him. Jesus, my friends, Jesus is not a weak Savior. Jesus is a powerful Savior. He's worth giving your life to, He's worth following, He's worth pledging your allegiance to because He is powerful. He is not just any man, He is actually God in the flesh. Jesus said things like this. He said, whoever believes in me, he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me will live even after dying. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Resurrection Sunday is a reminder that we worship a powerful Savior. Jesus wasn't weak. He was meek. And there's a huge difference between weakness and meekness. You see, all the humble things that Jesus did in his life, his life of poverty, his birth in a feeding trough, his ministry to the broken and to the outcast, his ability to endure insults and turn the other cheek, his excruciating death between two criminals, all of these things are demonstrations not of weakness, but of meekness. Meekness is power under control. Jesus wasn't weak. Jesus held his power at bay. It's like standing in the presence of a gentle lion. Just because that, gent- that lion welcomes you in and lets you pet him and lets you get close by doesn't mean he can't tear you apart. 
watching an F-35 dance in the sky is awesome to behold, right? You guys have seen that before? Or maybe the Blue Angels, any Blue Angels fans here this morning? You see the Blue Angels, you see what they could do up in the sky. It's awesome to behold. They're doing all these amazing stunts. It's so cool. But staring down the barrel of an F-35 is terrifying to behold. There's a difference between watching that aircraft do something amazing in the sky and actually feeling the wrath that that aircraft can inflict upon a person's life. Jesus was, Jesus was meek. Jesus allowed sinners to nail him to a cross. He could have called on an army of angels to fight for him at any moment, but he stayed on the cross. And why did he stay on that cross? He stayed on that cross for me and for you. Well, today's sermon, I want to fast forward. Yeah, that's great news. Today, today's sermon, I want to fast forward to Revelation, give you a glimpse of Jesus and glory. And I love this passage because this is the only passage in all of Scripture that describes what Jesus looked like. You might be surprised what he looks like. This is Jesus in glory, and this is what it says. Today's sermon is titled, The Resurrected King, Revelation 1, verse 12. It says, Then I turned to see the voice that was speaking to me. And on turning, I saw one like a son of man, clothed with a long robe and with a golden sash around his chest. The hairs of his head were white, like white wool, like snow. His eyes were like a flame of fire, his feet like burnished bronze, refined in a furnace. And his voice was like the roar of many waters. In his right hand, he held seven stars. From his mouth came a sharp two-edged sword, and his face was like, like the sun shining in full strength. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. But he laid his right hand on me, and he said, Fear not, I am the first and the last and the living one. I died, and behold, I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and Hades. That's some good news right there. I want to give you guys three reasons why Jesus rose for you. Three reasons I want you to take away why Jesus rose for you. The first thing we read here in this passage, Jesus rose to bless you. He rose to bless you. It says, when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead, but he laid his right hand on me saying, fear not. Revelation is a book written by the Apostle John. John is also known as the disciple who Jesus loved. John could be described as Jesus' best friend. Okay, he's the one who reclined uh, on Jesus at the Last Supper. He's the one when Jesus was hanging on the cross and he was worried about who was going to take care of his mother when he departed. He said, John, I want you to take care of my mother. When, he's, when it comes to human beings on earth, John probably knew Jesus better than anybody else except for Mary. But upon seeing the glorified Jesus, when John saw Jesus in glory, we read that he was literally stopped dead in his tracks. He wasn't looking at a humble Galilean peasant. He was staring at the king of glory with snow white hair showing infinite divine wisdom, fiery eyes that could see right through a person's soul, feet of bronze to crush his enemies, to destroy his opponents in a booming voice with a, with a sword to judge the nations. John saw Jesus 
the resurrected, glorified Jesus, and he was scared for his life. He was completely overwhelmed with fear. Well, it's no secret that fear is the worst feeling in the world. Fear is what we feel when things get out of control. It's that emotion that arises when we feel threatened, when we see our loved ones threatened, or when when we feel like things are about to fall apart. Fear can be paralyzing. Fear can grip you. It can hold you tightly, so tightly that it's hard to even breathe. Some of you have known fear. You've experienced fear over the past couple of years. You have fear right now. I don't know what you're going through even this morning. What you've endured throughout your life, you've experienced at certain times what it's like to feel fear, the crippling feeling of fear. When John saw Jesus, he was crippled by fear. But Jesus, the King of glory, put his right hand on John's shoulders and he said two words to John. He said, fear not. Fear not. Now, I don't know if you know this, but fear not is the most frequent command in the entire Bible. God knows we are fearful creatures. God knows what we do when we're afraid. We make bad decisions. We do things that we wish we wouldn't have. We become paralyzed. We don't live out our calling. We don't live out our full potential when fear rules us. And so God, over and over again, throughout Scripture, the number one command in the Bible is fear not. And it's usually backed up with a phrase, and the phrase goes something like this. Fear not for what? I am with you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to strengthen you with my right hand hand we read in Isaiah. And so the glorified Jesus, he puts his right hand on John and he says, John, dude, I know I'm scary right now. I know you're afraid. You're afraid of what's going on in the world. You're afraid of what's going on in your life. You're afraid of being in my presence. He puts his hand on John's shoulder and he says, John, don't worry. I've got you. Jesus rose to bless you. Jesus rose to bless you. You And if Jesus is for you and with you, then you don't have anything to ever be afraid of. Did you know that? If the resurrected king is on your side, if the resurrected king is in your corner, the one with the fiery eyes and the feet of bronze and the, and the divine wisdom, if the resurrected king is in your corner, it doesn't matter what you are facing today, you never have a reason to fear Jesus rose to bless you. He rose to bless you. I know there are people who are afraid today. Some of you are afraid of what's happening in the world. You're afraid of what the future looks like for our kids. You're afraid of what's going to happen with our country. Jesus sees you. Jesus is saying to you right now, I'm in control. Fear not for I'm with you. Maybe you're here this morning, you're overwhelmed by personal problems, problems at work, problems at home. Maybe you're dealing with with your own health problems and you're you're afraid, you're anxious, you're, you're weighed down. Maybe you've gone through seasons of depression. Jesus sees you. Jesus rose to bless you. And he says to you, fear not for I am with you. The resurrected Christ is putting his hand on your shoulder today and saying, whatever is troubling you, fear not for I am with you. Jesus rose to bless 
bless you and to provide you with the strength that you need to fight whatever battle comes your way because nothing is too big if Jesus is in your corner. Jesus rose to bless you. That's the resurrection. One of the benefits of the resurrection. Number two, Jesus rose to guide you. He says, fear not for what? I'm the first and the last. A few verses earlier, he says, I'm the Alpha and the Omega, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. A couple months ago, a friend of mine invited me uh, and my family to check out a local BMX track. So BMX is kind of a big deal out here, which has been great for my family. We didn't know we would like this until we were invited. So I got my kids some, some bicycles for Christmas. They're, they've been loving their bikes. They wanted to try them out on a track. We were invited to try out this track. We go on a Wednesday night. It's a BMX track. It's kind of intimidating. My son's five. My daughter's seven. They see everybody racing. They're like, Dad, I don't know if this is for us. But I knew they'd be intimidated, so I packed up my own bicycle to, to go out with them. So as soon as I pulled my bike out of the truck, and I put their bikes out and got them all set, and then they saw that Daddy went out on the course with them and led the way, all of a sudden their fears and their concerns about being on that track just melted away. They went up to the starting gate. They were nervous, but they jumped on their bikes. They bombed the star, and they had the best time ever. They had so much fun that John, my son, he's like, Dad, okay, actually, I want to race tonight. Um, like, he went from being scared to, Daddy, I want to race this evening. I'm like, okay, dude, I'll sign you up. I don't, don't expect to do well. It's your first time. Well, to my surprise, at the end of the night, he was standing on the podium. Here he is right there with a bronze medal on the, po on the podium. You see, as soon as my kids realized that I was going to be there to guide them, all of their fears melted away. Jesus didn't raise just to bless you. He also rose to guide you. Did you know that? Jesus is master from before the beginning of time until after the end of time and through all of eternity. He is sovereign over time and space. He knows the plans that he has for you. And he'll guide you in everything that you need. When, when our worlds seem completely out of control, we need to remember that Jesus is in control. We worship not a king on a cross who is buried on, in a tomb. We worship a resurrected king, a king in glory. He has the big picture covered so we can trust him with our daily details, big and small. Jesus is alive. He came to guide you. That's the good news. And no other king or authority can do this for you. Kingdoms will rise and fall. Rome is no more. The Jews thought their biggest problem was Rome. Jesus knew their biggest problem was Satan, sin, and death. Kingdoms will rise and fall. Powers and earthly authorities will come and go. But Jesus' throne remains forever. And so if you are craving guidance this morning, turn to Jesus Christ. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what you're facing, but I came to bring you good news this Resurrection Sunday. The good news is that Jesus rose to guide you. People in this world, people in this life, they can try to predict your future, but no one knows your future except for Christ. 
And here's the thing about Jesus Christ, the one who is alive forevermore, the one who, who, who is and who was and who is to come. He doesn't just predict the future. He actually performs the future. He doesn't just say what's going to happen. He is the one who makes it happen. That means that nothing in your life today is a surprise to God. God knows your beginning from your end. God knows when you're going to have highs. God knows when you're going to have lows. And his promise through the resurrection, his promise is this. He promises to guide you in all of it. He says, behold, I'm with you always to the very end of the age. You don't have to go through highs and lows alone. You don't have to go through highs and lows in fear You can turn to the resurrected king, the one who wants to bless you, the one who wants to guide you, and he will guide you through the ups and downs of life. Romans 8, 28, we know this passage very well. We know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. And how do we know this is true? We know this is true because even on the cross, the darkest day in human history, God used the darkest day to accomplish the greatest good. The worst day in the history of human beings is now the day we all call good. And that's something that only God can do. Jesus rose to bless you. Jesus rose to guide you. I don't know what kind of guidance you're looking for this morning. But you have a Savior who cares. You have a Savior who sees what you're going through. You have a Savior who paid it all on the cross. You have a Savior who, if you trust him and believe in him, he will come into your life. He will come into your heart. He will receive you as you are. He will change you. He'll turn your world upside down, and he will guide you into whatever his will is for your life. You have no need to ever be afraid. Jesus is alive. And finally, number three, Jesus rose to grant you life. He rose to bless you. He rose to guide you. He rose to grant you life. He says this, I'm the first and the last, Jesus says, and I'm the living one. I died and behold, I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys of death and the keys of Hades. Now this is, this is a mind-blowing passage to me. Hades, I don't know if you know this, but Hades is the, is the realm of the dead, the underworld. It's a prison for souls. You see, there are two kinds of death in the Bible. There's physical death and there's spiritual death. Physical death is when your soul leaves your body. Spiritual death is when you are cut off from God. The second death is the worst kind of death being cut off from God. The first death is a result of the fall. The second death is also a result, but it's it's the worst death that exists. Well, Jesus, he's different from any other figure in all of human history because when he died, Jesus didn't stay dead. Death couldn't hold him. Now, this is remarkable because no other person, no other religion, no other worldview in human history could purchase eternal life for you because no one besides Jesus went to the grave and came back forevermore. He's the only one who's done it. He's the only one. When Buddha died, he stayed dead. When Moses died, he stayed dead in the grave until the resurrection. When Joseph Smith died, Aristotle died, 
Plato died. Muhammad died. They stayed dead. Jesus is the only one who rose from the grave forevermore. He rose, he broke the chains of death. He is unlike any other person in all of human history because he holds the keys. He holds the keys of death and life, the keys of heaven and hell. No other religion, no other leader, no other spiritual system can protect you from the realm of the dead because no one has gone down and come back up again. Jesus alone is the risen Lord. He is our Savior and our King. He holds the keys. He holds the keys. Some of you today need to turn to Jesus. You've been trying to guide yourself. How's that been working out? You've been trying to cultivate your own blessing. How has that been working out? You've been trying to force your way into the kingdom of God, doing the right things, trying to be a good person, trying to be perfect on the outside, religion, trying to look good out here, but not actually being right with God in here. You've been trying to force your way into the kingdom of God, force your way into the blessing of God, force your life into this direction that you envision for yourself. And Jesus is saying, stop working, stop trying, look to me, trust in me. I did it for you. All you have to do this morning is believe. Do you guys believe this morning? The resurrected King. I believe there are people in the room this morning who have been trying to do it on their own. That's what I believe. I believe it because I was there. Everyone here who is walking with Jesus today, they believe it because they were there at one point too. Trying and striving and failing. Jesus came He lived a perfect life. He died a sacrificial death. He rose from the grave. He promises that whoever believes in him will have eternal life. They'll have life. They'll have love. They'll have hope. They'll have his guidance. They'll have his blessing. He is with them forevermore. There is no need to fear, no need to be anxious. It doesn't matter what the world throws at you. It doesn't matter how turbulent times may get because Jesus is alive on the throne. He is the resurrected King, the King of glory. There is no one like him. And that is why we love Easter Sunday. We don't just worship a Galilean peasant, a lamb on a cross. We worship a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the one with a sword, the one with all power. And so in closing, do you have Jesus' blessing today? Do you have his blessing? Are you for him or against him? If you're for him, then he's for you. If you're against him, then his hand is not going to be on your shoulder to support you. His hand is going to be against you, to judge you. Do you have Jesus' blessing? Do you have his favor? Do you have his guidance? Are you trying to navigate life on your own, going through the peaks and valleys on your own, holding it in, beating yourself up, stressed, worried? Are you doing it alone? Or do you have the guidance of the King of kings and Lord of lords? Jesus wants to guide you today. You have to call upon him though. You have to tell him, Jesus, I need you. I'm done doing it on my own. I believe, I confess, I'm ready. Do you have eternal life today? 
If you were to stand in the presence of the King of Kings right here, right now, and he's holding in front of you the keys of death and Hades, would you be released from that realm of darkness and be brought into the kingdom of the beloved son? Or would you be cast out from God's presence? There's two kinds of death, spiritual death, physical death. Are you alive spiritually? Because if you're alive spiritually, then God promises that one day when his son returns in power and glory, your body will also be resurrected physically. You will know life, not just in here, but even here in this broken body, you will be risen just like Jesus. I want to remind you guys today, we Christians, we worship a powerful savior, a mighty king, His power to change is real. His power to guide is real. His power over the grave is real. The world needs not weak Christians. The world needs strong Christians, Christians who worship a risen Savior. And if you're a Christian today, you are following the greatest leader in the history of humanity, and you will never be let down. I hope you know that. Let's pray to him right now and close out with one more song. Father God, I thank you so much for the peace and joy of resurrection. I pray right now that if there are people in this room who need that peace, that right now in this moment, they would confess. If you wanna pray to receive Jesus right now, go ahead and pray this prayer with me. Father God, I confess that I need you. I thank you for sending your son to die in my place for my sin. I believe that he died for me, that he rose from the grave and I'm ready to give my all to him to turn over my life Jesus come into me cleanse me awaken me to what really matters in this world I love you and I trust you I believe today I pray in Jesus name amen God bless you guys let's stand for